Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, come on, is there anybody excited to be in church today? Come on, let's give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this place. All right, all right, all right. Once you tap your neighbor and say, hey, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. Glad you're sitting next to me. Glad you're sitting next to me. Glad you made it today. Well, I'm just so glad that you're here, and I just want to tell you uh, just how, how big of a, a day I believe it's going to be today, and I'm so excited because, like I said earlier, it's Baptism Sunday. Come on, somebody. We got eight people that are going to be going public with their faith today, but I just want to take just a second as we jump in together today, and I want to start off by just saying, obviously last year, we just turned four years old as a church. Come on, we in preschool as a church. Come on, somebody, right? And uh, I just love giving an update to all of our, our church every year, just a kind of a yearly rundown of what happened in year four this past year. Um, and, and so on your way out today, just want to let you know. That we just kind of have a, uh, an annual report that we want you to grab on the way out. Just kind of tells you uh, a little bit about some things that happened over the last year. Kind of lets you know where we, uh, your total generosity, what that was given towards, how much was given away, how many baptisms we saw last year, how many salvations we saw. And just wanted to just take a time just to celebrate with you all that God has done. And again, I just believe, as we even talked about last week, that the best is still ahead. That God is just now getting started. That yeah, we may be four years old as a church. But how many of us believe that God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine? Come on, if you believe that, give him a big shout all over this place. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart, and I just can't wait for, uh, I mean, just what's to come. And so, again, grab one of those on the way out. It's going to be at the Connect Corner. would love for you to stop by there and grab that. But we've been in this series called Excuse Me. One more time, shout, Excuse Me. Yeah, this series has been all about this idea of, of the fact that you and I give excuses. And I told you last week, and we talked about it even a couple weeks ago, that the average American gives six excuses per day on uh, every single day of, of why they can't do something or why they can't be there or why they're late or whatever it might be. And so if you add that up, that's 2,000 excuses per year. And I just believe that God is wanting us this year in 2023. I know we're already a month in. Can you believe it? It's February, right? But I just believe with all of my heart that God is asking us to get rid of the excuses and to go all in. Somebody say, I'm going all in. Yeah, so that song that we've been singing has literally been an anthem, I feel like, for us. That we're going to be a church, we're going to be a people that are going all in for King Jesus. And so, here's the thing. Today, I'm excited for today. I'm just going to tell y'all, I'm a little anxious about today. I, and I got to thinking, I'm sure even our people that are scheduled to be baptized feel a little bit of anxiety today. As they're going to go public with their faith. But I'm just so thankful that we can come into this place and not necessarily have it all together, but we worship the one that does, that we worship the one that, that has the plan, that has it perfectly laid out. And, and I just think today, some of us walked in the, in, the, in the room like expecting to hear a sermon, but here's my heart for you today. I just believe that some of you are going to be a part of the sermon today. Like you're going to become part of the sermon today. And you're like, what, what, Dustin, what are you talking about? Well, I think some of the greatest opportunities come when we least expect it. 
right? Think about all the people in the Bible, right? Think about all the things and the people in the Bible that, like, if you'll go back and read through, you'll find that, like, literally some opportunities, some great opportunities came when you actually, some people were least expecting it. Think about David, right? David, in the Old Testament, what was he doing? He was like a DoorDash delivery. Come on, somebody. He was delivering some food to his brothers down at the war front. Like, he's, they're fighting the Philistine people, and David shows up unexpectedly. He finds out that there's this big dude named Goliath, and Goliath Goliath is there, and he finds out, okay, hey, I have an opportunity to go out there and make a difference, save a nation, and then guess what he would do? He would kill Goliath and then ultimately became the greatest king that Israel has ever seen, right? But it all happened in an unexpected spot. It all happened. It was an opportunity, but it was unexpected. Think about Mary, right? The mother of Jesus. All right, here she is just following the Lord, doing what the Lord asks. And, and guess what? An angel shows up to her unexpectedly one day and says, hey, listen, Mary, you're highly favored. You've been following the Lord. You've been doing what God has asked you. I want you to carry the Son of God, right? I want you to be the mother of the Son of God. And so, like, let's talk about that. That's unexpected, but that's a big opportunity, right? And I think, I think about that. I think about Peter and these boys, like, when they're fishing, right? These guys are fishing. They're out there doing their thing. And guess what happens? Like that Jesus shows up and Jesus shouts out to them, hey fellas, how's fishing going? And they're like, yo, it stinks, right? We've been fishing all day. Ain't caught nada, zilch, nothing, nunca, right? We ain't caught nothing, okay? We ain't caught nothing, Jesus. And he's like, hey, how about you do this? How about you take your nets and throw them to the other side? And they're like, what? Yo, that don't make any sense. We've been in this lake all day. But guess what? It's Jesus. And they listen to Jesus. What happens is because of their obedience, they put their nets on the other side of the boat. And we know the story, or maybe you don't. But guess what happened? Their nets began to be so full that their nets began to break. And in that moment, these guys, it's an unexpected moment, but they realize Jesus is Messiah. He is the King. He is Lord. And they left everything else, and they went and followed Jesus. How many of you know it's at the unexpected that I think great opportunity is right there. And then these guys go on to literally create the greatest movement that has ever been recorded in history on earth, the church of Jesus Christ. That these guys would go on and write the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and you and I would read that today. Like how many of you know that the unexpected can sometimes lead to some pretty great stuff, right? Now I just believe that to be true. And here's the thing. I think sometimes you don't have to understand all of the what to obey the who. Okay, so I think for some of us, we want to know all the answers, right? And that's why we're giving excuses a lot of times. That's why for you and I, we spend our whole life making excuses from time to time of saying why we can't do this or why we can't do that or I don't understand this or I could never do that. And we make excuses and we, we question the what. And here's the thing. I know that that is important to know what you're doing, but I think it's more important of who you're listening to. And if you're listening to the one that told you that who is the creator of all things, who is king of kings and lord of lords, I think the what will take care of itself if we're listening to the right who. And so I want to challenge us with that. And so I think today, I'm just going to start it off by saying, I think today, some of us in the room have an opportunity that's going to be presented to you today. It's very unexpected, but I'm here to tell you that you've got a church family around you that loves you, cares about you, has been praying for you, has been preparing for you, and planning that some of you today, we've got some people that have already signed up. Ashlyn is our girl going public in the service today. She's already signed up. I love that so much. We've got seven other ones in the second service, but I just believe that today, literally, some of you are going to take your next step in believer's baptism today. 
I just got the faith inside of me that you came to the experience dry, but come on, some of y'all today, you were going home wet in Jesus' name and didn't even know it, right? Didn't even know it. And so here's, my, here's the title of today's message. I want you to write this down because note takers are history makers. And I just think that, Lord, look, like 95% of people that take notes going to be in heaven. Come on, somebody. That's a lie. Don't, don't, don't listen to that. But I think you need to take some notes today. But this is the idea is that today, no excuses, excuse me, guess what we'll do? We'll take the plunge. We're going to take the plunge. We're going to go all in. Somebody say, take the plunge. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in together. God, thank you for today. God, I thank you for everybody in this room. God, I would just pray. Holy Spirit, you would be in this place. The Holy Spirit, you would speak as only you can, and you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, I said everybody said, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus in the room, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Hey, I, I'm going to ask this question. This is one of those questions that's an all-scape. I want to know how many of us in the room are Opryland years old. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say Opryland? Anybody out there? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't know about y'all, but like when the mall came in at Nashville, but just so you know, the Opryland Hotel, like right beside it was this place called Opryland. Before the mall happened, it was a place called Opryland, and y'all, it was the jam, right? It was the cat's meow. It was like the place to go when we was a kid. Like we loved going to Opryland, and there was all these different rides, but y'all, I'm just telling you, one of the rides that was like, I mean, oh, I, when I think of Opryland, this is what I think about, right? This is exactly the ride that I think about. Maybe you're thinking about it right now when I say Opryland, but does anybody remember the log ride? Come on, somebody. Anybody remember the log ride, all right? All right, so here's the thing. At, at, at Opryland, this log ride, what would happen is you guys, people that would get in this like boat, and they would go down this big, like, I'm talking like this, this luge that would go into some big water. And guess what would happen? When they get down to the end of the water, it made a ginormous splash. Come on, somebody, right? Like, it was awesome. And then I just think about it, like, again, I think there was like this, uh, as a kid, there was like this viewing deck where you could go and you could watch the people and their faces, you know, when they're going down and they're just like, you know, just doing all this stuff on the way down, and they would snap your picture, and you could buy that picture for like $700, and like, uh, <laughs> right, like, you could do that, and, and that, that was it, but there was always that, that like, like, you could stand, and you could watch everybody coming down, and all of a sudden, this humongous wave, this humongous splash would splash and get everybody wet. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember, man, that there's something about that, that log ride? First of all, it's scary. Come on, somebody, right? I didn't know if I was buckled in or not. I thought I was dying right didn't have any idea it was scary it was wild it was I mean it was it was nerve-wracking it was wet but come on y'all it was awesome right it was awesome and again I think about it as you're watching that what would happen is this huge wave would come and it would hit you and it would drench you you would get totally soaked there and I think about that and I think about this idea of a log ride and I think about you and I when it comes to yours in my life that that should kind of be a picture of our life and that should kind of be a picture of where you and I are with our walk with Jesus is that guess what should happen? When we are obedient to jump on the ride, guess what should happen? The splash should affect some other people. That there should be some influence in some other areas of our life that people should feel the effects of what we're doing and how we're following Jesus. And I just, I just think that to be so true. And as I got to thinking about that, I got to thinking about the baptism of Jesus. 
I couldn't help but get that off my mind this week, and I've been just trying to struggle on what am I, what am I wanting to teach our, our church today, and I, I really wanted to talk about John the Baptist for a while, and then kind of we're going a different direction today, but I did want to circle up around this idea of the baptism of Jesus, because I want you to see that it's a big deal. It was a big splash that happened when Jesus was baptized, so you got to understand that if you go back and you read the first four books of the New Testament, those are what we call the Gospels, Right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are just four eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus, right? They saw Jesus, they walked with Jesus, and they're writing it from different perspectives. So you're, you're getting different angles, you're getting different, I mean, like, all kinds of things that are different when it comes to the four Gospels of the same story. Kind of like, again, if you and I look or we watch a basketball game, right, we're going to look and see different things on the court. We're going to look and see and experience different things in the room. It's the same thing with these guys under the influence of the Holy Spirit that they're writing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Did you know, though, that the birth of Jesus is only found in two of the Gospels? Did you know it's only found in two of the Gospels? Matthew and Luke, okay? We really, a lot of time at Christmas, read out of Luke chapter 2, right? So that happens, Luke chapter 2, we read through that, but the birth of Jesus happens in two of the Gospels, but did you know that in all four Gospels, they talk about the baptism of Jesus, did you know that? So, so here's the thing. I'm not trying to say uh, that, that his baptism was more important than his birth by any means, no. But it's obviously valuable enough that it's going to be in all four of the Gospels. Right, And I just believe that's something that we should look at, that we should take note of, that we should watch and emulate Jesus, that we should watch how he did it and how he does it and why we should take that next step today. So here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Say it say like you're really ready. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says it, uh, if I can get my Bible open. Awesome. It says, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River. Pause really quick. Let's just walk down through this together real fast. I want us to understand, we act like that was a walk from the parking lot into the church. Come on, but that wasn't it, okay? I want to just tell everybody, you want to know how far Jesus walked to be baptized? 70 miles 70 miles. So come on, let's put some weight behind what's happening here. Let's put some weight behind a, a two-week journey, a 15-day journey is what they're thinking this took Jesus to get from the Galilean area to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Watch what it says. But John tried to talk him out of it. Come on, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, Jesus. Like, no, 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 no. You, I don't need to baptize you. You, you need to baptize me. He says, so, so why are you coming to me? Verse 15, but Jesus says this, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. And watch what he said, John agrees to baptize him. And watch what the Bible tells us. It tells us as Jesus is being baptized, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water. So again, just a few things of why we're going to do, you know what Jesus did? We're going to do what Jesus did. Right, we're going to baptize. We're going to dip under is actually the word. Baptizo literally means to dip under the water and to come out. To immerse, that's literally what that means. So Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling in on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And I love this picture of Jesus' baptism. Of this public moment where he is stepping into ministry for the very first time. Like at one moment, you got to realize really quick, Jesus plunges into the water and he makes a huge splash, right? He makes a huge difference. And what becomes obviously the splash zone would be the entire world, 
right? That, that the entire world would be the splash zone of Jesus. And it has rippled throughout history all the way to where it's making a difference even still to this day. And this is what I know is, again, not only did Jesus make a splash, but look at me. Jesus is calling you and I to do that as well. That he's calling you and I, that he is, he is commanding you and I to do that. See, in the very first of Matthew chapter 3, we see Jesus take a plunge where he goes and he is baptized. And then you fast forward to the very last words that Jesus were to say to us before he ascended to heaven. And we call it the Great Commission, right? And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 28. He says this, therefore, he said, first of all, he says, all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, okay, now that you know that, guess what? Now you need to go. Therefore, go. Somebody say go. go. And make disciples of all nations. What's this next word? Come on, we're going to say it like we mean it up in here today. Come on. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands that I have given you. See, I think a lot of times we think this command, we take Jesus' commands as more of suggestions for us. Right? We make excuses. We say, ah, oh, you know, that sounds good, God. That sounds good, Jesus. I know that we're supposed to go and make disciples. I know that we're supposed to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But like, man, I'm busy. I got stuff I'm doing. There's no way I can do that. There's no way I can, I can go and make a difference. But I just want to tell you that Jesus is commissioning you. Jesus is commanding you, hey, go and make disciples. Go and make a difference. That's why we at Purpose Church say, hey, you know why we exist? To connect people to Jesus. We're going we're gonna to connect people to Jesus, whatever we can, and then we're going to help them live on purpose. And there's going to be steps that you take. And one of those steps, I just believe, is baptism. So he says, hey, hey. Obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, he's called us. Jesus has filled us with his Holy Spirit. Jesus has commanded us to be baptized. And then we're commissioned to go around and reach the world with the gospel that he has given us. And I don't know about you, but I'm here to just implore your faith a little bit. I'm here to ratchet up your faith a little bit to say, you know what? Murray, Kentucky should look different because you and I are here. That, that the world around us should be feeling the effects of the splash that we've made because of what Jesus has done on the inside of us. That your team, that your class, that your workspace, that your family, that your friends, that they ought to be feeling the effects of your splash. And this is my question for us. A lot of us claim to follow Jesus, but is anybody feeling the effects of your splash? Is anybody feeling the ripple effect of the plunge that you've taken going all in with Jesus? Is anybody feeling that? And if they're not, come on, we got to talk about it. Come on, we got to ratchet it up. Come on, we got to just, man, man, God is commanding us to do that. And again, we've been asking this question this entire series. Does God have your yes without any ifs, ands, or buts? Does he have your yes? Does he have your full, total, I'm all in, yes, Jesus? It's not yes, but I got to do this first. Or yes, I'll do that if this happens. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus is asking. Do, does he have your yes without any ifs, ands, or buts? And I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about this idea. Does God have your yes when it comes to following him? Does he have that yes? And I ask this question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What, what actually does it mean to follow Jesus? And I think if I were to ask all of us in the room, there'd be a couple hundred different answers of what you think it probably means to follow Jesus. 
And here's the thing. I think most of us in the room, though, if we would just be really honest, most believers were following Jesus based on our own comfortability, on our own convenience, instead of conviction, faith, and obedience. I think a lot of times that's what's happening. And this is the thing. Social media probably hasn't helped this, right? Like, come on, where are my social media people out out there? Anybody love, just love? How many of y'all find yourself scrolling for hours? Come on, just be honest up in church. We're going to pray over all of y'all right now, right? I think all of us, whether we admit it or not, guess what? We find ourselves on the scroll sometime. I think sometimes social media has hurt this idea of fellowship. Right? I don't even know if fellowship's a word. It's going to be today, okay? Like this idea of fellowship, because you know what we can do? We can follow somebody for a little bit, and if they do something that we don't like or they post something we don't like, you know what we do? unfollow all right then right we could just unfollow them real quick right or maybe we can go and we like a picture and guess what we can go back and do unlike come on right we can unlike the picture right i think sometimes what we do we find ourselves on social media is we're following people following people that we know all of their stats that we know all of their i mean if they're in the nba or they're in the nfl or whatever we know all their stats we could we could tell you their shoe size we could tell you everything well we could tell you what they ate for dinner last night come on somebody right like i'm following them but how many of you know it's one thing to follow them it's another thing to know them now think we can we can have this idea of following people without actually knowing people i think for a lot of us in the room that's kind of how we treat jesus that we know a lot about him that we know what we should do. We know some things that are going on. We know we kind of are around Jesus. We, we kind of got some weekend visits with Jesus. We, again, we know a little bit about him. We want to follow him, but we don't want to get too close. We kind of want to just check in every once in a while just to kind of see what's going on. But ultimately, my question is, does God have your yes without any ifs, ands, or buts? And I think it goes back to this guy that I want to talk about today for a few minutes. His name is Peter. Somebody say Peter. So Peter had this kind of same mentality. Peter was this guy that, that followed Jesus for a while, but when stuff hit the fan, he started to back up. He started to say, whoa, 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 whoa. I, it's not going like I thought it was going to. I, I, I've got some addendums to what me following Jesus looks like. I've got some if, ands, or buts that are following when it comes to following Jesus. And we find out that Peter, this guy, and I can relate with Peter, y'all. I don't know about you, they, they call him the cussing disciple. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like maybe you've been there. Maybe you felt like Peter before. Where in one moment you've got all the faith in the world, and in the next moment you're doubting everything that's going on around you, right? That 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 may be where you find yourself. And Peter is in this spot in his life where he had followed Jesus, but then he began to retract from Jesus. And Peter has has followed him, saw miracles happen, experienced incredible things, yet he spent a season of his life following Jesus at a distance. And Jesus, what, what you need to know is that he's been put on trial, he's been accused falsely, and now they have sentenced Jesus to die. And we find Peter, watch where we find Peter in this moment. One of Jesus' closest friends at one time, watch where we find Peter. Luke 22, verse 54. It says, then seizing him, they were seizing Jesus. They led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Watch where Peter was. Peter did what? Followed at a distance. Followed at a distance. And when some of them had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, watch what the Bible says, Peter sat down with them. And Peter, what we see right there is that Peter takes a seat in the crowd instead of standing up for Jesus. 
And I think for some of us in this room, this is my call for you today. This is my heart as your pastor today. I believe that God is trying to call some of you out of the crowd today. That you've been sitting there for far too long making excuses, but God is calling you to take a step. One that may seem scary, one that may seem intimidating, one that may seem daunting, one that you weren't prepared for, but I'm trying to get you to a place where you say, hey, I've made up my mind, there is no turning back. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm going all in for Jesus. God, you can take all of my life. You can take my past. You can take my present. You can take my future. I'm not going to follow at a distance. No excuses. And I just believe that if you ever, if you'll never know what God has in store for you on the other side of your yes until you take the step. Come on, if you believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise all over this house? Come on, I'm trying to implore you. Peter sits down with the crowd. Peter's just sitting down, and Peter denies Jesus. And ultimately, Jesus goes to the cross, and Jesus is crucified. But what happens is they put him in a borrowed tomb. Come on, somebody, right? That's why church is a party for us. It was borrowed because it was only needed for a couple days. Vacant, all right? Like he was out. Like, no, he didn't need that anymore, okay? And he resurrects on day three. And what happens after that is so important because Jesus redeems Peter. Jesus restores Peter. Jesus has an encounter with Peter that is life-changing. And what begins to do is he begins to call him out of the crowd and push him back on mission again. That's what he begins to do. And watch as Peter, in Luke 22, goes from sitting down in public to standing and declaring Jesus to thousands of people in Acts chapter 2, verse 14. This is what the Bible says. Then, watch what it says. Peter did what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Then Peter did what? Stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. See, what I love about this, and if you go through there and read it, he moves from sitting with the crowd to standing for Jesus, and now he's being used by God. And here's what I know. He's preaching the first sermon of the early church, and by the end of it, listen, he's preaching Jesus. He's, he's giving all glory to Jesus. He's shouting Jesus. He's doing all those things. And at the end of it, as he's talking to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, they ask Peter, and I think it's a good question at the end of every sermon. Hey, Peter, what do I do now? Right? Well, what's the action steps? Like, what do I need to do now? And Peter's response, if you go back and look in Acts chapter 2, is to, hey, hey, you know what you need to do? Repent, turn to God, and then be baptized. Okay? You need to repent and turn to God. You need to give your life to Jesus. And then listen to me. You don't need to go to the next class. You don't need to join a church. You don't need to, like, just make sure you got all your ducks in a row. No, no, no. Then be baptized. So, so next step, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life, then be baptized. I'm going to go public with my faith. And again, I think about this so much. Like, I think a lot of times what we think, for so many of us, I'll repent of my sins, I'll turn to God, but then I'll pray about the baptism part. I'll pray whether or not I should go public with my faith. And I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to pray about something Jesus commanded us to do. I know that sounds pretty bad when I told you not to pray about something, but when he commanded you to do it, you don't have to pray about it. You just be obedient. That's what he's asking of you, that we would repent, we would turn to God, and then we would be baptized. I think so many of us, we think, yeah, yeah, I'll do that whenever I clean myself up. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll do that when I walk through my issues. And listen to me, heads up, we all still got issues. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like that's what crews are for, right? I'm, I'm going to shout out crews because that's what crews are for, so we can work through our issues together. 
so we can walk through life together, right? That's what that's for. And again, I think so many of us, I, okay, let me, let me build my life for a little bit, and maybe in about 20 years, that's when I'll be baptized. But can I be honest with you? That's not what the Bible says. Can I be real honest? That's not what the Bible says. So if you read the Bible, baptism was often spontaneous and immediate. Spontaneous and immediate. 27 times in the New Testament, people make decisions to follow Jesus, and they're immediately baptized. Right after that. Okay, I want us to see that. So watch what happens in Acts 2, 41. The end of this is Peter's preaching. He told him, repent, turn to God, and then be baptized. Watch what happens in verse 41. Those who believe what Peter said, they believed. Then watch what happens. Then they were what? Then they were baptized and added to the church, you know, 20 years from now. No, 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 that's not what it says. What's it say? Come on, say that day. That day, right? And so I just got to thinking, okay, what would it look like if there was some spontaneous and some immediate baptism today? Now think again, I love that, I mean, Ashlyn is signed up for baptism. I'm so proud of her, so proud of her family being here, and we're going to celebrate that. That's incredible, and I also think some of us need to follow the example that she's even setting today of going public with their faith. You're probably asking, what in the world is baptism? Why do we do it? What is it? Well, I got, I'm glad you asked. I got four things really quick that we're going to buzz through in four minutes, 57, 56, 55 seconds, all right? So come on, let's do it together really fast. Here we go, here we go. Number one, baptism follows the example set by Jesus. So we started off today reading Jesus being baptized, okay? So, so here's what I want us to understand. Jesus didn't have to be baptized, okay? He was perfect, Okay, like he was the son of God. But, but what I love about Jesus is that Jesus gives us an example to follow. He says, hey, hey, this is if you want to identify that you're one of my followers. Like I want you to go dip yourself. I want you to be dipped under the water and come out of the water. And so again, here's my thing. Like if Jesus did it, come on, I want to do it. Right? Like it's that simple. Like if Jesus did it, I'm going to do it. You want to be baptized? Like listen, we want to be baptized in order to look like Jesus, to mimic Jesus. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church and he tells them, hey, y'all can imitate me because watch this. I'm just trying to imitate Jesus. Right? I'm just trying to look like Christ. I'm just trying to imitate him. And again, if it's good enough for Jesus, y'all, it's good enough for me. Like, if Jesus commands it, I'm going to listen, I'm going to do it, all right? So I want to encourage you, baptism is following the example set by Jesus. Number two, once you write this down, everybody shout number two. Two is baptism is symbolic of my changed life. Baptism is symbolic of my changed life. Now, I've heard a couple of different pastors, one of them being Pastor Chris Hodges that uses this illustration. I loved it, and I want to share it with you. But, like, I want you to know that baptism is kind of like the wedding ring of Christianity, right? That's really what baptism is, okay? So what I want you to see is that maybe you're single out there. If you decide to put a ring on your finger, guess what? That doesn't make you married, right? If you just throw a ring on your finger, okay? So I want us to see that. But also, here's the thing. Allie and I are married. If I happen to take off this ring and I don't have my ring on, guess what? We're still married. This is just a symbol of my marriage. Okay, this is just letting everybody know off limits. Come on, somebody, right? All right, I'm just saying, like, I'm hers. I'm that woman's. Nobody else's, okay? That's what this stands for. That's what it's symbolic of. 
So what I want you to see, what I want you to understand is that's the same thing that happens with baptism. That, listen, as, as I want to just clarify, you do not have to be baptized in order to be saved. I'm going to shout that out really loud. Do not have to be baptized in order to be saved. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I think baptism is that letting everybody know I've had a change that happened in my life. I'm no longer belonging to myself. I belong to Jesus, and I want everybody to know it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not hiding it. I want all of y'all to know that what has happened to my life, that what 2 Corinthians says, that the old has gone, that I'm a new person, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? That's why we have on our shirts when people are baptized, made new. It's not the water that saves you. We should be dunked in all the same water if that's the case, right? That'd be some nasty water. Come on, somebody, right? Like we should all be baptized in the same water if it's the water that saves you. No, no, no. It's letting everybody know of the inward. It's an it's outward announcement of an inward decision. That's what baptism is. It's an outward proclamation, announcement. Y'all, I'm taken. Y'all, ain't nobody else got my heart. Y'all, ain't nobody else got my focus. Y'all, ain't nobody else the Lord of my life. It's Jesus. That's what baptism is. That's what baptism is declaring. Watch what 1 Peter chapter 3, this same guy named Peter wrote this. In baptism, watch what we do. We show that we have been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Jesus. Listen to me. You can't earn it. You can't earn that salvation from God. Again, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, lest anybody should boast. No, no, no. It's a gift of God, uh, from God. It's a gift from Him. Like, listen to me. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. Listen to me. It announces to all your friends where you're going. Okay? That's what baptism is. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. It announces to your friends that you are headed to heaven. And listen to me. At Purpose Church, what we do is we baptize post-decision. So I think some people that walk in the room say, hey, yo, I was baptized as a baby. And I think for some of us, we need to understand that that is a ritual of another kind of just area of, of Christianity that kind of honors that. And I, I understand that. Here at Purpose Church, we dedicate babies believing that God is going to raise them up, that you and I are going to commit to raising them up in the Lord, and that one day they are going to make a decision to follow Jesus. So you see it in the Bible. Every baptism we see is post-decision. It's post-decision. So at Purpose Church, we're going to dedicate babies. Come on, Mother's Day is coming up soon. And we're going to dedicate those babies just praying that we're going to raise them up in the Lord, partner together with the church. Let's go for it. Let's raise some world changers for Jesus, right? We're going to dedicate them, and then we're going to baptize believers. Okay, that's what we're going to do. And so the last thing I'm just going to tell us about is that baptism shows my commitment publicly. So baptism shows my commitment to Jesus publicly. I love what Paul said in Romans 1. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Like it's, it's, it's Jesus that does it. Romans 1.16, I love that so much. So you can go back and look that up. Listen, maybe some of you are saying, you know what? My faith is private. My faith is private. And listen to me. Your faith in Jesus is a personal decision. Look at me. Look at me. It's a personal decision, but it's anything but private. It shouldn't be private. Because this is what I know. God is calling us, and Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be a city on a hill. I want you to be the light at the top of the hill that's shining over everything else that's going on. Like that's, what, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is trying to get us to not be private about our faith. Right? And I just think Jesus gave us a mandate. 
Jesus gave us a commission to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth, and to let others know about his goodness, his grace, and his forgiveness that he has to offer. How many of y'all, I said that, that, that baptism was the, the, the wedding ring of Christianity. Can you imagine for just a second? And I don't think you can because I don't want to even imagine it. If I just decided to wear my ring only at my house. Come on. How many of y'all know? Miss Allie ain't going to be happy. Come on, somebody, right? Right? Like, can you imagine for a second? Like, I get, my, I get ready in the day. I got my ring on, getting ready in the morning. Next thing I know, I'm on my way out to my truck, drop it in the cup holder. Don't go anywhere else. I mean, ring off my finger. Can you imagine for just a second what that would make that lady feel like? My bride, who I'm committed to, my, 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 who, I'm, who I'm unified with, can you imagine the feeling on her end if I wasn't willing to wear a ring saying, hey, I, I, I'm taken. I, I'm, I'm committed. Like, think about that for a second. Now, I want you to think about it when it comes to spiritual life. Think about it. When, we're, when, when Jesus says, hey, 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 I'll take the cross. Hey, I'll take the nails. Hey, I'll take the crown of thorns on my head. I'll take the lashing and the beating and the making fun of and the spitting on and hitting. I will, I will take that publicly. If you'll give me your life, I'll take all that. And you just get, you just get to get in the water. Come on, that's a good trait, somebody. Right? That, that Jesus publicly declared his love for you and I by dying on a cross. And listen to me again. I'm not saying that that water right there saves you. It's not it. But I'm saying that right there is a declaration that I belong to Jesus. That I have decided to follow Jesus. Y'all remember that old song back in the day? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Some of you today need to go all in with Jesus. You've made a decision to follow him. You've got a relationship with him. You've never taken the next step in believer's baptism. And I'm going to challenge you today. You weren't ready for it. <laughs> Some of y'all wasn't expecting it, okay? But today is that day. Just like five people in the first service that didn't sign up to be baptized, but they went public with their faith today. There was one gal, Ashlyn, in the first service that said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my family. I'm there. Yeah, we're going to commit to it. And there was five people today that said, you know what? I need to take this next step. And I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I want people who know me but don't know Jesus want to know Jesus because they know me. That's really what baptism is saying. Hey, hey I'm, I'm taking. Jesus has my life. Jesus has my heart. And again, I can just hear some of you in the room. Here we go. And I'm with you. Man, I can't do that. That's, I, got, I got things to do. I, here's the excuses that start to list out. And I just want to just invite somebody. Where's Alexis at? Is she in here? Alexis, come on. She just went to change. Of course she That's okay. That's okay. Alexis is going to be getting baptized today, which is awesome. I was going to use her uh, just for a second. Um, but I, so, so you come in with some excuses. I just came to tell you, we've been preparing and praying for you today. All right? No excuses. Here we go. So today, you're probably thinking, but like, I ain't got, I ain't, I'm not ready. I don't have a towel. Some of y'all are like, no, 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 Dustin, you don't understand. I don't have any extra clothes with me. Okay. Got you a made new t-shirt we're going to give you. You can take it home with you. Come on, we got some dark shorts. Let's go in the water. Dark shorts, all sizes. Okay. 
but Dustin, you don't you don't understand. Like, I I wh- okay, we're gonna. What about the un 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 untalkables? Like un, we got underwear, y'all. Come on, somebody, all sizes, undergarments. Here we are. I'm not putting I'm not putting ladies' undergarments on my shoulder. We just gonna put that down there like that. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And yes, I'm the real pastor. There's not a new one coming out next week or an older one. Like, this is it. Okay, sorry. You're probably thinking, what about my hair? What about my hair? We got hair nets. We got hair, hair, hair caps. Come on. Baptizing a pink hair cap. What, what about, what, I'm, I don't want to go outside and get sick with my hair wet. We got blow dryers. Come on. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, man, listen, I'm, I'm supposed to go to eat with my family after. We got hair gel. All right, we got hairspray. Come on, somebody. What about the armpits? We got deodorant, all right? And we got hair ties for all these ladies or men out here today, all right? So come on. My thing is, yeah, yeah, we ready. We ready. Well, what about my stuff? What can I put my stuff in? You're going to put it in an orange purpose church bag that you get to take home with you. Listen, I don't know what you walked in here with, what excuse that you might think. Okay, no, no, I couldn't do that today. Oh, what about my family? They're not here. And I know that's a big, that is a big thing. I, I'm a big family guy. I love that so much. Um, you're probably thinking, well, what about my family? I really wanted them to see this. I really wanted them to see me get, get baptized. And here's the thing. We've got professional photography that's going to happen in just a second. They're going to take a picture of you going down in the water coming up out of the water. We're going to write you a card. We're going to send it in the mail this week to you. You can get those digitally as well. we got videos going to happen of those things. I want you to know that we're taking out every excuse for you to say, hey, you know what? I need to go public with my faith. So maybe you're in this room and you've already signed up to be baptized. I'm so proud of you. And you're willing to stand up in front of hundreds of people and say, hey, I love Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And now I'm going to challenge some of you in the room that you didn't even know you were going to do it today, but you feel like the Holy Spirit is drawing you to say, hey, today I need to go public with my faith. I've never been baptized. I know Jesus. That's the question they're going to ask. Hey, do you know Jesus? You have Jesus as a personal relationship. And guess what? If, that's, if baptism is your next step, today. Why not? Why not today? And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do all over this place. I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. You're going to be in front of everybody anyway. I'm going to ask you to do this. If that's you, if you're already signed up to be baptized, come on. Once you stand up, but maybe you need to be baptized today and go public with your faith in Jesus. I'm going to ask you, if that's you, we got a team of people waiting right outside that door. You can go to Miss Tara right there and Miss Cassie, and we got a team of people on the other side of that door that's going to get you ready for baptism. So come on, I'm going to count to three if that's you, and you need to be baptized today. One, two, three. Would you stand up, and would you head that way right there? Would you just do that today? Come on. Come on. Come on, let's cheer these guys and gals on. Come on, let's cheer them on. Let's cheer them on in this place. Anybody else say, hey, it's me today. We got six other people that are going to be baptized. Anybody else saying, hey, today I need to take that next step and be baptized. I love it. I love it. Come on, can you keep putting your hands together? Can you keep cheering these guys and gals on? Come on. So we got our, our, our kiddos coming in right now. They got We got a... We got a, a youngster going to be baptized, and they're going to be in this place to cheer their friends on. But here, listen to me as you're in this place. Maybe you're here, and you said, you know what? I couldn't stand up. I couldn't stand up.
because maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, here's the most important thing that you can do. That's the most important decision that you could ever make. So why don't we do this all across this room? Would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet all across this room? Maybe you're in here and you've never given your heart to Jesus. Listen to me. Give me, give me a couple more minutes and then we're going to celebrate some baptism. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be great. But maybe some of you need to do some business with God before that. So you're in here and you say, hey, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Like, here's my, my heart for you is that you and I would realize that we're all sinners, that we all need a grace, that we've all messed up. And the Bible tells us, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's not of what you could do to earn it. It's a gift from God only. So heads bowed and eyes closed all, eyes closed all across this room. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. If that's you, let today be the day of salvation for you. The Bible says that if you and I would just confess that Jesus is Lord and that we would believe in our heart to raise Him from the dead, that we will be saved. You need to realize that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, in His goodness, in His kindness, in His grace, gave His life for us even while we were still sinning, Romans, 6, or Romans 5 says. Romans 6 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And maybe you're in here and you need to give your heart to Jesus today. It's not, but it's not baptism. You need to give your life to Jesus. And that's you. And that's, I would just want you to repeat something like this. Just say, hey, Jesus, I want you to come in my life. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. Jesus, I love you. I'm so thankful. That, that you died on the cross for me and I put my faith and trust in you today, Jesus. If that's you and you prayed something like that or you prayed it word for word, I just want you to know you made the best decision you've ever made in your life and we're going to be a church that's cheering you on. Just like you're about to see some people go public with their faith, you just made a decision to follow Jesus and we're going to be a church that celebrates that. And here's my heart for you is that you in this place would say, hey, I want to let somebody know about that decision. I want to let somebody know about that. So if that's you and you just prayed to receive Jesus as Lord of your life, <clears throat> I just want to see your hand. If you just say, hey, that's me. I just prayed to, re prayed to receive Jesus. You could drop it right back down. Say, hey, that was me. I just prayed something like that. I prayed it word for word, minute in my heart. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.